The Milwaukee Ewers no more. It is now the Milwaukee Booers. The month of June, terrible for the crew. Two and ten. Two and ten. They had three hits last night as they fell to the Mets four to nothing. Oh, my God. Morning, Rowdy. Did you watch that game through its entirety? So, funny story. I didn't watch the game at all. I listened to it on the radio. <laughs> that, was, that was the for, theater of the mind. Who Probably for the last four innings in just a straight-up ice-cold bath. You, you know what? The, you were in ice cold bath. Yeah, the blood pressure, the the heart rate doesn't get as high when you don't have to watch that abomination of of the sport of baseball or see it with your own eyes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were. Uh, I've never been worried about a a twenty something year old about you know his head popping off from high blood pressure or having a heart attack until I met you, Rowdy. Uh, but I'm glad that you were in an ice bath to kind of counteract it a little bit. Um, on the one side, though, I think you might have been happy with your fantasy baseball pitcher. On the other side, though, I don't think you'd be happy with the performance of the Milwaukee Brewers. Chris Bassett for the New York Mets, he entered with a 7.62 ERA in his last five starts. He allowed just three singles, one walk with seven strikeouts. He got the Brewers to hit into double plays immediately after each of their hits, including in the sixth, when the crew had runners at the corners before uh, Damas grounded into a... Uh, uh, ending, ending double play. Chris Bassett, Rowdy. The Brewers made him look like Cy Young out there. I mean, Chris Bassett's a solid pitcher, and he has been the last few years with the Oakland A's. All-star last season. But, yeah, he had run into uh, two, three weeks of some rough, rough outings. But when you face the anemic Brewers offense, yeah, it's bad. that's a get-me-right start, and Bassett looked Back to being an all-star. They are bad, man. Uh, Brewers, 2-10 uh, and ten in June. They have dropped 9 out of 10, though, uh, getting shut out four times during the span here. Four times. You go look at uh, June 1st. The Cubs beat them 4-3. to three, And then the Brewers, I'm sorry to bring this up for you, Rowdy, but the Brewers on June 2nd, they ended up beating the Padres 5-4, to four, some late dramatics in the ninth inning. And then they would lose to the Pirate or Padres, excuse me, seven to nothing. Lose to the Padres four to nothing. Lose to the Padres again six to four. Then they lose to the Phillies three to two. Lose to the Phillies ten to nothing. Lose to the Phillies eight to three. Lose to the Nationals eleven to five. Then eight to six they lose to the Nationals. Get a win on Sunday four to one. Um, not many were too excited about it on Monday. Uh, Craig Council would tie Phil Gardner for most wins as a manager in Brewers history, now looking to be sole possession of that, but came up snake eyes in the Big Apple last night. This, this team is, it's, it's, it's tough to watch right now. I mean, if, oh, you don't even watch it. If you think about that Listen. Padres game that they won, where Rodgers completely blew it in the ninth inning, 99 times out of 100, they don't win that game. That already cuts down half their wins in June. Yeah, they'd have one win. One, and that would have been the Nationals. Against the lowly Nationals, who, by the way... Took the series? Did win the series against the Brewers, two games to one. But also, you would think, oh, the Nationals playing decent baseball, had a had a home series win. No, they go and play the Braves and are getting absolutely smacked around the first two games of the series. The Nats, they're not good. No, they stink. There's uh, two different teams going two different ways right now. So the Brewers are going down, or I'm sorry, the Boers are going down. And then you look at what happened yesterday. 
the St. Louis Cardinals had a doubleheader with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they won both games. In fact, they won on Monday, too. Uh, Cardinals won 3-1 to one and then 9-1. to one. The Brewers are now two and a half games back for first place in the NL Central. Well, if you want some more good news for the St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Flaherty starts today. Yeah, he's back after injury, so... Two teams going two different directions. Cardinals going up, Brewers going down. And it's a nice little warm-up start against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, and uh, let's see here. The Cardinals are going for... God, did they play... Yeah, today. They'll go for the the four-game sweep of the Pirates, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, the Brewers sitting now 34-29. and The Cardinals 37-27. and Crew two and a half games back. First place of the NL Central. Again, I just wanted to play this. The Milwaukee Brewers. Rowdy, are we in wild card watch now? Or are we, hey, we'll be okay. I mean, long season. We haven't hit the all-star break yet. The Brewers are bound to get healthier. I saw what, uh, Freddie Peralta just went on the 60-day. That changes nothing. From the, what well, was he originally placed on the 10 or 15 day yeah. IL? They said it was going to be a long time. Yeah, the 60 day IL just frees up a spot, another roster spot on the 40 man. So it really doesn't change anything. Just helps David Stearns maneuver the roster. Are we, uh, are we on now wild card watch for the Milwaukee Brewers? I think the Milwaukee Brewers are on no watch. They're on the no watch list. <laughs> well, listen, but watch. No, no. The Brewers did acquire, though, uh, a pitcher. Chichi Gonzalez off of waivers from Minnesota, Rowdy. What do you think of Chichi? Ebo, that thing that hangs on the right <laughs> side uh, coming off of your shoulder, that arm, it's your, it's your arm. Oh, my arm. On your yeah. right side Sorry, off thought, your shoulder. This utterly fabulous from Pam Yonke. Chichi Rodriguez has that exact same thing except for it throws a baseball a little harder, that's all he is. He's literally just an arm. He's me with a, maybe a little more mile per hour on the arm. Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi you got a bigger bank account, though. <laughs> he, he is literally just going to be an arm because they need them. Like, look at, look at the uh, starting rotation. If Jason Alexander hasn't thrown the ball <sighs> as well as he has, how much worse would this team be? Ew. Like they just need a guy at this point that can eat up some innings just because Burns hasn't uh, been able to log too many innings. He's struggled his last few starts. Hauser hasn't really thrown the ball that well pretty much all season compared to what he's done the last couple of years. Obviously Peralta's down. Woodruff is down. Ashby is still extremely young. Jason Alexander is Jason, Jason Alexander. Alexander. <laughs> Chi-Chi will literally be just an arm. He's a guy that when he has surfaced in different spots in Major League Baseball, it's not good. he's a guy that over the course of a season would average like a 5.00 ERA <laughs> and like a 5-12 and 12 record. Well, let me... Uh, he's literally an arm. So his career war is minus 0.3. He's 9-23 and 23 with an ERA in his career of 5.69. Yep. His war in 2022, minus 0.1 with an ERA of 7.71. I'm going to say that's actually not bad for him. The war of minus 0.1. <laughs> for his that's 2022 pretty, war. That's close to average. Chichi Gonzalez, now a Milwaukee Brewer, as uh, we have hit some tough times for the crew. I don't expect him to be on the roster too long unless Woodruff and uh, Peralta. We already know Peralta is going to be out for a while, but I guess you would say as long as Woodruff is out 
for a longer amount of time. His time with the Brewers is probably about however long the Woodruff saga goes on. <sighs> Chichi Gonzalez Rowdy. Uh, let's see here. Uh, surfaced in 2015. Again, I told you the uh, ERA at 7.71 this year. Two starts for the Twins, who then designated him for assignment on Saturday. So Chichi Gonzalez, don't get your hopes up to be a savior for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, the guy's 30 years old. <laughs> His only season in the big leagues where he didn't have an ERA over five was his very first year, 2015. Mm. Every single year since then, he's had an ERA somewhere between five and nine. Chi-Chi. I like the name, though. Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi Gonzalez. All right, we'll get more into the crew. They are going against the Mets again tonight. Uh, first pitch is at 6-10. Corbin Burns on the bump opposite of David Peterson. So we'll... Uh, We'll dive in a little bit of the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, who is uh, 0-2 with a 6.75 ERA in his last two starts this month. June, Rowdy, June is not the month for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, Brewers not showing a ton of pride in the month of June. No, they are not. Uh, let's see, your phone line's already blown up. Line one, good morning. Who's this? Hey, why is this wanted poster in the sports <laughs> bar bathroom for Brewers offense? Hey, Kyle and Stoughton. What's up, Kyle? What's going on, man? Man, uh, just just reeling over the crew. This is tough. I just I, I I can't figure it out, my friend. And apparently, neither can our coaching staff because this offense is lack lackluster. Well, here's the I thing, mean, Kyle. You're not even getting paid to try and figure it out. The dude's getting paid. Can't even do it. You know, in in that little sports bit you had before the show here, I think I heard Craig Council say, "We got a hope for that home run." Yeah. Are you kidding me, dude? I'm gonna play that you, clip coming up again. It's you uh, had Jace Peterson on third base with one out. Where's the bunt? You know, I, I, I don't know, man. Kyle, you can't I feel just like, hope for a home run. They got If they can't do it with the home run, don't they got to start manufacturing things? Right, Rowdy? Don't they got to start manufacturing something here? Well, the other thing is if you're going to hope for a home run, why do you have some of the guys that hit home runs hitting lower in your lineup? <laughs> Kyle, it doesn't I, make any sense, buddy. I don't, do you still got faith? You still got faith, though? It's a long season, right? Yeah, I do. It's hard to hang on, but yeah, I do. You know, and I, I sure am glad they got rid of Andy Haynes, you know, because he was the problem for the offense. <laughs> yeah, then they brought Jeez. in two hitting coaches, two yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing a great job, let me tell you. They they deserve a raise. <laughs> uh, Kyle, before I let you go, uh, I'm thinking of a positive here. Christian Yelich got a hit, though, last night. He's doing okay in the leadoff, I guess. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> Anything else in your mind, Kyle? Need more than just hits, man. We need runs. Yeah, I know. I feel you, man. Maybe they should go, they should go to Taco Bell or something just to get a lot of it. They'll get a lot of runs then, you know? Apparently the Brewers are not Gemini's. <laughs> hey, Kyle, you're the man. Nice hearing from you, buddy. Have a good day, boy. See you, see you Kyle. Yeah, I'm going to play that clip he was talking about again from Craig Council. Yeah, I was going back and forth with a friend about the uh, Milwaukee Brewers roster moving forward and potentially trading for certain people or who you would move from the Brewers if you were going to trade. Mm -hmm. Cause right now with how they're playing and the situations with some of the players, I actually wouldn't be against trading for players and also trading away players. Uh, all right, Rowdy Milwaukee Brewers, man, they stink. Uh, I need a copious amounts of alcohol just to get through a game watching them. They lost to the New York Mets four to nothing last night. The slide continues. Slide continues. They are, what, 2-10 and ten in the month of June. They stink. They're the Milwaukee Brewers. Rowdy, bad news, uh, though. On the hits, they just keep on coming. So uh, you talking about hits as in uh, baseball hits? Not, no, not baseball. Sorry, like bad hits. Like, uh, 
Thanks for clarifying. Like this. Brandon Woodruff is dealing with numbness in his three middle fingers due to Raynaud syndrome. So apparently he only threw fastballs during his bullpen session. And counsel said, and I quote, he appears to be making small progress every day. So we had Wisco Chad call in about this, and he said his, what did he say, his grandfather had Rhinon syndrome? It was in his feet, though. They don't know what causes it. They can only treat symptoms. It's a circulation problem. And Brandon Woodruff, uh, let's see here, Rhinon's phenomenon, that's not a good one, it's not a phenomenon, is a problem that causes decreased blood flow to the fingers. In some cases, it also causes less blood flow to the ears, toes, nipples, knees, or nose. Man, some numb nips. This happens due to spasms of blood vessels in those areas, and those spasms happen in response to cold, stress, or emotional upset. Well, Brandon Woodruff Rowdy, when he got this, correct me if I'm wrong, but they weren't playing when it was cold out when he got this, right? It wasn't. It wasn't. It was in May, right when the weather starts to get a little bit warmer. Yeah, so um, throw cold out of the equation because it wasn't cold when he got this Raynaud syndrome. Uh, let's see your stress. I guess you could be stressing that the Milwaukee Brewers weren't doing the greatest of hitting the ball. Is that something you could uh, see Rowdy stress that way? I mean, he had struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season, but he seemed like he started before he got hurt. It seemed like Brandon Woodruff was getting closer to what we saw from Brandon Woodruff. I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't buy being more stressed than any other time. How about emotional unless, upset? Unless it was something in his personal life. True. I, I think you could have emotional upset in the stress, uh, emotional upset for Brandon Woodruff that causes right syndrome. So maybe he's upset that again, they're not hitting the ball and winning games. What do you think about that Rowdy? Well, if we're going to say him being stressed and and pissed off for this setting this off, I I think we would have to say, why didn't it happen last season then? Because last the last year was the year where he'd pitch phenomenally and they would never score any runs this year. That's Corbin Burns. Yeah. So I, I, I really don't know. I, I wouldn't put it on stress or unless it's something in his personal life, this season's. The season started out overall pretty decent until all the injuries. Yeah, so for they, wo- they were winning games. Yeah, he was him and Peralta were struggling a little bit. Looked like they were coming around before getting hurt, though. Also, I saw right here. Is there a cure for a Down syndrome? Uh, there is no cure for a Down that occurs on its own, but you may be able to control it by avoiding things that trigger it, and you need to keep your body warm. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. I got JD and MSN says, if you don't have the chaser with your Bloody Mary, you are a puss bag. Also, it better be a PBR. Hell yeah, brother. That's what I'm talking about, JD. Uh, good morning, line one. Who's this? Chili for the north side. Hey, the king of the north. What's up there? You know, Evo, I'd be more concerned about your left fielder more than I'd be concerned about anything else on that team. I'm concerned about just so, about everything on that team, Ter. Well, I watched him catch a couple fly balls you know, I, I don't get a chance to watch them because of uh, my MLB package always blanks out the Brewers. They so want to with a Bailey's or whatever the hell you call them. Um, and I don't get that channel. So, you know, I catch clips on my cell phone. When I see Yellick catch a fly ball, Yellick. he can't even throw it back to the shortstop on a cut. He's got a noodle arm. Fly. 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty embarrassing, Terry, when earlier this year he caught a ball middle deep in left field. They were playing the Cubs, and the Cubs literally had their guy from second base tag up to third, and it wasn't even like a close close play yesterday if you I know you said you didn't get the channel but if you were watching Christian Yelich caught the ball in left field they had their uh, base runner tag up from first and he could not even get it out it wasn't even a, a play I mean when you can take bases like that in major league baseball the extra base where you shouldn't be allowed to do that or you shouldn't be able to do that but yet you're able to run on Yelich's arm basically like it's nothing because it kind of is it's not an it doesn't go in the book as an error but my lord if you had anyone that was competent out there they're not taking all those extra bases they're not scoring a run it it's maddening well i think your callers at the beginning of the year were nailing it right i know evil you kept saying you don't care but when the brewers get back and start playing in their own division again uh though the cardinals look like they may be putting some heat on uh, you guys will start winning again once you play the Cubs, the Pirates, the Reds. Maybe. But again, when you get outside the division, I think the callers nailed it right. Your lineup, and now with Yellick, uh, yeah, and actually, Yellick. if the Brewers wouldn't do a complete examination on his whole body, then they're a bunch of idiots. Because I've always claimed he's been on roids of some kind since the, all the Miami boys, and I've said this many times, all the Miami boys, all three of them in that outfield, went on, and they'll almost all be bust after they left their team. And uh, Yellick had two great years, but it just seems like when the testing got tougher, all of a sudden, of course, everybody blames it on the knee, but I don't, I don't know when the last time you threw a ball with your knee. There's something <laughs> totally wrong that his body is collapsing. And I keep thinking of guys like Lou Gehrig and stuff like that, um, and people who's... Was he also have Lou Gehrig disease? I think he's got something. Of course, technology is certainly a whole lot better now than it was with Lou Gehrig. But I, I, there's something wrong. And if you're the Brewers and you can't even think about checking this out, then you guys are a bunch of idiots. There is something totally wrong with that man. Yeah, he, su- he stinks. Stinks, Terry. Well, it's more than sucking. His body is falling apart. There's a difference between sucking and falling apart. Actually, he's doing pretty good hitting the ball now that he's leadoff. He's actually uh, he's got a... Does he have a hitting streak or a seven game? See, I think I think I don't think he was stealing signs. I definitely don't think he was taking PEDs. I think the biggest thing for him is he was mentally screwed up when he tried to come back from that knee injury where it just didn't feel right. And then the fact that maybe the knee didn't quite feel right when he first started in twenty twenty, it got into his own head. Then he started trying to compensate and change the way he did things because of the knee, and now he is just completely messed up, if that makes sense. Well, I'll give that to you to an extent, but, you know, I've seen it so many times now, and Haywood did this perfectly to the Cubs. He had his best year of his career, maybe, in St. Louis. They actually can argue he's only had two good years in his whole life, and both for free eight, eight years. You know, and now he comes to the Cubs, and he sticks up for a seven-year contract, which is finally coming to the end next year. I've seen this happen so many times. And, every, you know, if you remember right, they blamed it on Haywood because he dropped his elbow. You know, he did this. He did that. You know, that's I guess that's a, that's a reason if you're looking for a reason. But, again, when I see how many times in baseball where guys' bodies have collapsed after. Look at all the, the three former Cubs. And I'll mention all three of them. <laughs> Baez, Bryant, Hizzle. Combined, they're not hitting 400. 
if you added them all together. I mean, they were doing something also to get their stats up in 16, 17. You can't make me believe different. And it's I'm not going to, Terry. Yeah, and- screw the Cubs. I agree. Well, I would also, I would argue that in 2016, 2015, 2016, I mean, those guys were younger. They weren't that much younger. I mean, Bryant was a rookie or a two-year man. Are you saying that the 2016 Cubs World Series is tainted because they're all Royden? I think everybody's team is Royden. No, it's not. We got to pull that. We got to pull that from the Cubs then, Terry. Sorry, bud. Well, you know what? Um, (laughs) And that would not, if that was the case, and again, I've always believed in Sammy Sosa, should never make an appearance on regular field again because he was definitely a cheater. Ryan Braun, definitely a cheater. You know, and I think you said it was okay to cheat, Ebo. Yeah, I finally, yeah, totally. Let's go, baby. I'd be, I'd be in all kinds of stuff I possibly could. Evil, you had a caller one time that said, it's okay if we cheat because he's on our team. Hell yeah. Now we're talking, Terry. As long as you don't get caught. As long as you don't get caught. See, and that's what my ex wife used to say. It's okay if I, you know, if I, um, I'll end it with this, Evil. This is a perfect (laughs) example of this. My son calls me, and this is a joke, of course. My son calls me on a Sunday morning. He says, Dad, says, yeah, if I ever get divorced, I want to marry a Trump supporter. I go, a Trump supporter? I go, why? Because I can cheat on her all day and she won't believe me. <laughs> That's a good one, Terry. <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right, Evo. That Trump supporter, my son would definitely go cheat all day. Long. I don't think it's, uh, that's, that's, that's any politician, though, Terry. That's any politician. Well, all, all, I think all ball players to an extent are politicians. Yeah. Well, especially the managers and stuff. They just lie through their teeth on the podium. The one thing they have in common, they all have money. That's for damn sure. I know. If I'm you guys, I would have that boy checked out. If you don't, you can say, okay, we're paying how many million to hit 250? If you're content with that, I guess that's fine. Well, I mean, but when you say you guys and us, I don't know. I don't really know what what you want us to do besides talk about it. We're not the ones paying him, Terry, and we're not, and we're not the ones checking him out. We're not the ones in the doctor's ear to whisper it to go check it out. I don't know what you want us to do. I don't. You guys personally, I guess nothing. But I think the conversation should be there when you have a guy that collapses. Yeah, talking about right now with stats, like a lot, and it's just not two or three. It's several. Look at all the top-notch free agents this year. I believe, except for the Minnesota Twins, I believe all these guys' stats are way down. Some guy who hit what? Was the second baseman who hit 25, 30 home runs last year? Just hit his third the other day? Was it? I don't recall it. Don't forget, Terry, they also changed the balls back this year to uh, be less juiced. Yeah, Bud Selig still thinks in the stir right area, it was it was. Well, Terry, even Major League Baseball is juicing, juicing the balls. So now what? They're cheating too. Can you can you give a can you give a ball a shot with a needle? Hey, if you ain't no, they wrap the, it's how they wrap the uh, the rubber inside. Terry, they say if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, brother. <laughs> Again, that's what my ex-wife says. <laughs> so I, I, I turned this to relate to all this. I, I really see, can. I, we love you, Terry. I love you guys see, too. Go Cubs. See, you, buddy. Uh, Eric on I ninety just called in before. Just wondering if we were going to get the Aaron Rodgers into the basket clip uh not happening did not, did not happen so eric and i 90 and everyone else out there really desperately wanting to see aaron Rodgers on cork a ball uh long field downfield into a basket did not get it aaron Rodgers not even in attendance for the final round of otas uh one rashawn gary was though rashawn gary in attendance uh he was one of the few veterans that stuck around it was mostly just the rookies and and some of the really young guys uh, this week for the Packers. Rashawn Gary making a statement, though, of why he was there and what he wanted to set 
uh, the tone that is for the new cats coming in. Just the standard um, and everything that we do as a Green Bay Packer, you got to realize we wear this helmet for the players before us. It's a historical organization, and I want the players to know that because I had to grow respect and do my history on Green Bay, and I feel like the more history and the more you dig into it, the more that you have respect for this team and the organization, the harder that you'll play for them. So that's just my number one thing, man. We're here to bring a, bring win the championship team. We've been there three years in a row playoffs. we right there. It's something that we missing, so we all got to come together, and that's just what I'm focusing and pushing everybody to make sure they won the 11th, go back, study your film. If your coach saying your step is too wide, tighten down your step. If your hands too wide, tighten your hands. You know, just small things, making sure you're going back, doing stuff inventory so we can come. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Rashawn Gary, though, what he started to talking about, though, is the uh, the G on the helmet is what it's all about, the history of the Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field, the players that came before you, the 13 NFL champions. He was there to set the tone for the young cats, saying that, hey, if you got to study your history, and he said it right there, study your history, and when you do, you have more respect for your organization and wants to bring that Vince Lombardi home. Rashawn Gary uh, looking real nice. Uh, I was a doubter when he was first was drafted. Uh, didn't really uh, agree with the draft pick. Then after his rookie year, was uh, left scratching my head. And now Rashawn Gary looking pretty nice for that defense of the Green Bay Packers. What do you think of uh, Gary now, Rowdy, as he's coming into another uh, year with the green and gold? Well, this has to be his year, right? Yep. I mean, you think about it. Year one, he really didn't do much. Obviously behind Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. Year two started showing some flashes, and then year three, majority of the season was his to shine and played pretty well. Now it's he could potentially be your number one outside linebacker, depending on how well Preston Smith plays. Mm-hmm. I mean this this is Rashawn Gary's year, and if if he comes through with another big year, the guy's going to get paid by the Packers or somebody. Yeah, Rashawn Gary looking uh, nice for this uh, Packers defense. Hell, the Packers defense itself uh, on paper, I mean, a lot of people really excited about it. Uh, looking to be uh, a top five defense and, you know, maybe get greedy, be the number one. But let's do baby steps, though. We, in this, in the long time I've known Aaron Rodgers on the Green Bay Packers, uh, the defense has been something that uh, a little left to be desired for the green and gold. Uh, excited about this defense then coming up, Rhodes? Yeah, we'll see. But I was also the one earlier when we were talking about this, what, probably a month or two ago, where I just don't want to get my hopes up because I'm starting to see everyone throw them in the top five. I'm not saying that they can't be there. I just don't want to get my hopes up because then when they fall to like 10 or 12, that I'm upset that we thought it was going to be this great, great defense. Like 10 or 12, didn't the Packers win the Super Bowl with like a, a middle of the pack defense somewhere around there? They did, but I would also argue that that offense was better. Yeah, well, yeah, they definitely had some names. <laughs> there uh, was a, for that a few names at the skilled positions. Yeah, um, so Jair Alexander back, obviously, uh, with the Green Bay Packers after signing his big deal. Uh, Jair uh, not in attendance for the final OTAs. Uh, mostly, like I said, just young guys uh, in there. Did you see a Rob Reichel tweet from last night? It was pretty crazy for two reasons. One, he was talking about how he had his first NFL fantasy football draft last night. What? That's insane. Two, the according to him, the first Packer off the board at the wide receiver position was Alan Lazard, and he came off in round twelve. I can't. I don't know what's more shocking: the fact that you have a fantasy football draft on June fourteenth yesterday, or that the, a wide receiver for the Packers usually usually they're like snapped up right away, or like an Aaron Rodgers or something. Now, obviously, the Alan Lazard being the first one off the board makes sense. He's 
the longest uh, tenured with the Packers that probably has the most um, relationship and chemistry with Aaron Rodgers at this point. But having a fantasy football draft in mid-June is insane. We had multiple people last year, last summer, that were upset when we had our fantasy football draft the Saturday of the last preseason games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's like, in, that's in late August. I have we don't have to ask Robbie about this tomorrow. Why in the world are you having a fantasy football draft on the night of June fourteenth? That that's just that's just not right. Also, if I'm playing fantasy football, which I will be this fall, I don't think I'm going to be looking to draft the Packers wide receiver. If I'm being completely honest, <sighs> wow. Crazy. Uh, RJ in the house. Good morning, RJ. What's oh, going on? Hey, what's going on? Uh, actually, the commissioner of uh, the Fantasy Football League around here, if yeah. uh, if some of us came to you and propositioned that we should have our draft in, in early, mid-June, what would you tell those people? Well, bye. <laughs> it's like, I'm, uh, I, what? I know, and people do get upset where you're like, I wait until the final preseason game because injuries happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I was in a league where Jordy Nelson tore his ACL against the Steelers in a preseason game. Guess who drafted Jordy Nelson before that game because we had a, a very early draft? You did. Yeah. Well, even just last year. Uh, <laughs> All your guys get hurt after <laughs> our draft. <laughs> last year, we we had, like, my friends group. We had a, a draft, and we were in uh, the full dog's basement. And he said, like, literally right when the draft started, Stokes, if any of my players get hurt because it was the last weekend of preseason games, I'm going to wring your neck. And literally five minutes later, everyone's looking up because there was a preseason game on. And he had just drafted J.K. Dobbins. I kid you not, five minutes later, J.K. Dobbins tears his ACL. Done. His time is over. June 14th, a fantasy football draft. That's yeah. uh, I'd get out of that league as fast as I could. I, I, I got to ask Robbie that tomorrow at 820. That's like the first thing. That's got to be the earliest. I, I didn't even know that uh, ESPN, Yahoo, whatever you use they for fantasy you. football, even yeah. has fantasy football up and available on June 15th. I bet it's like uh, one of those dynasty leagues, you know, where you can only keep somebody on your roster for so long. And Maybe then... Robbie's a part of the good old boys club of like the old school rotisserie where they do it and they have it like on paper. Yeah, they don't even. That's what I envisioned. <laughs> it's all on paper. Matt LeFleur on the podium. Uh, for the final OTAs for the Green Bay Packers. Not many uh, veterans there. Uh, pretty low-key for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but something that was asked, and it's been asked a couple times, was one, about one David Bakhtiari. So David Bakhtiari tore his ACL the final day of 2020. Uh, he played a handful of snaps against the Lions in the final game of 2021 and then was not activated or not there on the field against the Niners in the playoff loss. And then uh, what was it, Rowdy? He was um, not to be seen really when the OTAs first began, if I remember correctly. Basically, was also when he was there, sitting on the sidelines, not even participating in any type of drill like the Tunyons and the Kylan Hills of the world. Guys that were just coming off of tearing their ACL last season. Yeah. So LaFleur was asked about it, and he was like, oh, we're hopeful this, and, you know, we're, you know blah, 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 blah. Well, LaFleur was asked again about David Bakhtiari yesterday. As on the plan for David Bakhtiari, his training camp will begin uh, July 27th, so the end of July. Uh, Matt LaFleur was asked about his 
the Bakhtiari participating? Time will tell. We fully anticipate him being ready to go, but, you know, we did last year as well. So I think time will tell, but we feel good about the work that he's put in and where he's at. The work that he's put in and where he's at. So, yeah. It hasn't been much. Now, he was with the rehab group, like, uh, doing stretches and some drills uh, that I saw, let's see here, for minicamp last week, if I remember correctly. Uh, I have not seen much, though, on David Bakhtiari and uh, what it means for him coming back. So, there were some other guys that tore their ACLs. What, Jenkins, Hill, Tunyon? Uh, they are already participating, doing all kinds of stuff. Here's more from the floor. They're all making progress, but, you know, we'll, we'll have a better idea as, as we get closer to training camp. And, again, those are some really important players for us. And But they're doing well while they've been here. So we have all those guys exceeding expectations and getting back on the recovery. But David Bakhtiari, one of the – what is he, Rowdy? The, was he the third highest paid player on the Packers? I know he's up there for a contract. I'd have to go back and look, but, I mean – this isn't good news. <laughs> no. Like there's no. if if Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers and their medical staff had the plan of David Bakhtiari is going to get off of his feet and this was the plan all along. We want to give him ample rest as possible. He would come out and say that it would be like, yeah, he's we're working on his knee. You know, he had to have that scope and maybe there was a setback. But this is the plan that we had laid out. Not the, well, we thought he would be here last year. We're hoping he'll be here this year. Like, he would have definitely come out and said this was the plan. We have a plan where we're working him through this. First, he's going to sit there and just stretch. Uh, The next OTAs, he's going to come out and he's going to do some drills. And then by preseason, we're going to work him in. He hasn't said any of that. He's basically saying Hopeful. we're hoping he's going to be there. Um, you know, and I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Excited about the work he's put in. Well, what hoping, work has he put in? We're hoping next. We were hoping last year he would help us. And um, yeah, Lafleur did say uh, on evaluating guys uh, that it's a little harder to evaluate them during the offseason right now because it's not in pads. It is a little bit more challenging when you're doing more walkthrough and less full speed work, especially not having pads on. So I think it tends to be a little bit more easy to evaluate the back end, the skill positions, because it's so much more emphasis on the passing game. And, you know, we've done a lot of seven on sevens and whatnot, but we've, we've gotten a pretty good look at all those guys. So uh, basically, what the new, when they were renegotiating deals and whatnot, it was you know they didn't want to have a lot of padded and hits and yada yada yada. So Lafleur saying it's hard to evaluate, but he also says this: time will tell where they stand with the offensive line because of the injured players that are still rehabbing. We've done so much jog through tempo versus full speed tempo, but you know we're excited. I think we've got some some pieces to work with, and it's going to be how these guys attack the summer and the kind of shape they come in at, in at training camp and how we kind of grow together throughout the course of training camp. Uh, i got Thick Cheddar. What's up, Thick Cheddar? On Twitch says, I'm David Bakhtiari. The man slams two beers in one breath. I have faith that the big sexy number 69 will be back. The veterans tend to milk these injuries to avoid uh, more practicing, LOL. The only thing is I don't think he was milking it last year. No. At um, the end of the season. No, he really wanted to be back. I mean, but it was a handful. It was like, I forget how many snaps it was uh, against the Lions. I think he got 20-some. Yeah, he was 27, if memory serves me correct. And then uh, was nowhere to be seen against the Niners. All right, so I was looking at CBS Sports. And so if David Bakhtiari's not going to be there, uh, CBS Sports had an interesting article 
non-quarterbacks each team uh, non-quarterbacks that each team can't afford to lose. And I scrolled all the way down to the Green Bay Packers, and their uh, player that they you know can't afford to lose would be Elton Jenkins. Aaron Rodgers, left tackle, David Bakhtiari might seem like the easy answer, but Green Bay played almost all of 2021 without him. Ditto for their star cornerback, Jair Alexander, still protecting A-Rod as number one. And Jenkins, despite missing half of last year with his own injury, has the athleticism to suit up at any position on a dime. Rowdy, Elton Jenkins is the one player that's not Aaron Rodgers the Packers can't afford to lose? Well, I would definitely put him higher than David Bakhtiari. Because we saw David Bakhtiari miss all of last season besides the 20-some snaps against the Lions. And we saw that whether it be Elton Jenkins or whether it be uh, Yosh Neiman, they both filled in admirably at left tackle or any of the other players that had to fill in on the offensive line. And uh, the reason why I... See, it stinks because you're already you're already locked into David Bakhtiari for, what, three more years at a elevated rate. Mm-hmm. Elton Jenkins is a guy who he's the most, he, in my opinion, pound for pound is the best offensive lineman that they have currently. And he's a guy that can play center. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He can play left tackle. He can play all over the line. He's by far their best offensive lineman. Not only is he versatile and can play all those positions, but he plays all of them at a high level. It's not like when you plug Elton Jenkins into left tackle, you expected him to be average. He was still really freaking good. Yeah, he's good. No one else on that line can play every single position like uh, Jenkins can. So this article is saying that he's the outside of Aaron Rodgers. It's just not the offensive line. It's the whole team that he is the most, the, the player that they can't afford to lose. The number one, so I guess number two, outside of Aaron Rodgers. Elton Jenkins. See, I feel like that's a really tough, tough uh, question to answer. And the reason being is we saw both of these guys out, Bakhtiari and Jenkins, and the Packers still have a pretty solid line last year. Now, one would argue maybe they're even deeper offensive line currently after the draft, but we haven't seen some of those guys play. But Brian Gutekunst, that there's one thing he's done really good with the roster. It's that offensive line not only has been good since he's taken over, but it's been deep. Yeah, really deep. Yeah, they seem not to have uh, missed a beat uh, for the most part. So, yeah, Elton Jenkins being tabbed as the outside of Aaron Rodgers, the one player the Packers can't afford to lose by what, CBS Sports. I'm just throwing this name out there just uh, just for conversation. What about Devondre Campbell? I mean, yeah, he was uh, what the leading tackler like, for the Packers we d- last we year. We don't know. We don't know what Quay Walker is. We hope he's good. Yep. Uh, like uh, athletically, he looks he, good. He better be. His film at Georgia looks good. Yep. He was running with the ones alongside Campbell in OTAs, but like Lafleur said, we don't see these guys in pads. A lot of guys look good in shorts. Yep. Well. Yep. Take Walker out of the equation. Devondre Campbell came in last year and solidified the inside linebacker position, something that I think the Green Bay Packers have been looking for arguably since early days, A.J. Hawk or maybe even Nick Barnett. Like, it's been a minute. If they lose him and we don't know what we have in Quay Walker and all of a sudden you go back down to Chris Barnes. Chris Chris Barnes is a a serviceable NFL player. You'll never confuse him with some great linebacker yeah, and and that's supposed to be the captain of your defense. I know Kenny Clark and the defensive line is going to be pretty good, 
But imagine if all of a sudden now you have a hole at inside linebacker that you thought was going to be roughly all pro level. You already know that your secondary is going to be good, and you already know that your defensive line is going to be solid. I don't know. Maybe I would throw Devondre Campbell up there if we had a poll. Also, uh, yeah, maybe we could get a poll up. Also, Devondre Campbell is uh, something I thought about too. Is like, let's hope he's not a one-hit wonder. I mean, he was a street-free agent when uh, the Packers went and scooped him up, and you really hope that that wasn't a flash in the pan. You know, that's what I kind of think about Rasul Douglas too. I'm not saying he's like uh, one of the important guys that uh, you can't afford to lose, but when it comes to guys that the Packers picked up and then they had a really good year, like the, does that ever creep in the back of your brain, Rowdy or RJ, that Devondre Campbell could be a one-hit wonder? You sure hope not. Yeah, just because he has been, he bounced around a little bit. But uh, they did say in Atlanta that he had a lot of ability, but he didn't necessarily fit their scheme and fits the Green Bay defensive scheme much better than he did in Atlanta. And so far through one year, it showed I, a little bit nervous. That's why I also think yeah. that he could be on that list as one of the more important players not named Aaron Rodgers. Because if you all of a sudden do have a one-hit wonder, <laughs> they ate them up for five years. Yeah, it's five That's a deal. Not a huge contract, not right. like Bakhtiari or Rodgers or Aaron Jones money, but a decent amount for a long period yeah. of time. Like yeah. He I, can't afford to be a one-hit wonder. Well, that, you already look at him, he's been in the league six years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, by, by rule, he's already on the downside of his career. Fingers crossed for <laughs> Devondre. Uh, we'll get back to it. Yeah, you think about it. If he's been in the league for what did you say, six years? Yeah, probably year came out at probably came out at about twenty one. So he's probably twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty three. He's twenty eight right now. Yeah. Whew. Whew. That means that means he's got you probably two or three good years left in him in his in his prime years. You got him through for five more. Yeah, so he'll be twenty nine in the season. So he's he definitely came out late. Yeah, yeah. he's an old looking twenty nine too. <laughs> That's, look, do you guys remember Zadarius Smith, obviously, when he yeah. takes his helmet off and you look him in the face? You're like, and I'm, man, that's a guy who's getting re- ready to retire next yeah. week. That guy's, a, is what? that guy's a year and a half older than me? <laughs> My God, he looks like he could be a dad. Yeah. Like like a legit like he 40 looks a year and a half older than me. Got, or RJ. Got four kids, a nice little house. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll get back to the Packers chatter. Uh, let's see here. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Corey, uh, I heard that blinker right away. I could tell it was you. What's up, Corey? Well, I still wanted to talk about the Packers, unless you guys are moving on. No, to please. Time. Yeah, please. Okay. So I think that is a pretty reasonable answer on that CBS deal. I'm kind of shocked that they actually picked a player that's like, yeah, that actually I can see that being correct. Usually those types of pieces are like, what are these guys talking about? They don't know what they're talking about type deal. But <clears throat> I'll, I'll note that, like, as you mentioned, Rowdy, you're correct that, that offensive line looked pretty good still when you know, those guys went down. I'd say, though, that once you start getting into the upper echelon of teams that you meet in the playoffs, like a 49ers, then you all of a sudden see that drop-off like really ricky-tick quick. Like that happens fast when you're facing, obviously, three first-rounders. So that's going to be part of it. But they can do they can hold their own. In other words, what I'm saying is they can hold their own against the probably a vast majority of the NFL, but then there's going to be those couple of teams that you face that you're going to face in the playoffs where they need to have top-line blue-chip players. Have they given us any uh, indication on when Jacobs is going to be back at all? No, but I would imagine if you do the if you do the nine months, which it seems like most professional athletes are able to come back these days in about nine months, that puts you at right around close to the start of the season. Now, if you do the year, it puts you into November. So 
we say probably like October, maybe like October 1st, I could see. I'll split the difference with you, but I but we do know that the uh, Packers do like to hold guys back a little bit yeah, longer. That's what I'm saying. Well, as long as we're not we're not getting the same BS book report type deal from uh, Lafleur and Jenkins that we're getting on Bakhtiari, it definitely feels like whenever he's up there, you know, when you're in school and like somebody got called on to give a book report and like they just kind of stood up there and you can obviously tell they didn't yeah. you know, read it. And they're just like saying the hopes and dreams of mankind. <laughs> it's like, I think, I think they just watched the movie. Right. And like they're, or they did the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Like that's what he's doing right now when he stands up there. Oh, it's Cliff Notes. I don't know. Like I, I appreciate that those reporters are asking him the question and stuff, but like we're all sitting there. We all know he's just going to feed us a line yeah. of BS. And he right. doesn't have to tell you, like, they they lie. They're like he politicians. They lie through their teeth the entire time. It's not like they Correct. have to say anything. So he could be lying right now where they already know that he's done. Oh, yeah, he totally. It, they can, you know? yeah, definitely. There's no doubt. And there's a distinct possibility that he is, which I didn't think last year that it would be like that. But, like, now, I mean, he's not getting any younger either, yeah. right? Yeah, no. Father and time's undefeated. Been, it is, certainly is. And so we're at, like you guys have noted, we're at, I mean, God, it's almost – Independence Day here in 2022, yep. and he tore that on Godforsaken New Year's Eve of 2020. That's a long time ago. Yes, it is. Yeah, and he'll turn 31 this season, Corey. So coming back from an injury like that, if he hasn't already been able to come back from it, that's looking pretty dicey. That's a tough scene, as you'd say. That, that is a tough scene. You're correct. And with Devondre, you know, you typically reach your peak athletic ability, though, at like 28, roughly, so... I'm okay with them paying a premium to get some decent inside linebacker play because we've been pounding the table for that yeah, like the for past sure. two decades. Yeah. So if they even get three years but had to pay a five-year or whatever it was contract for it, I'm okay with that because that guy did make a difference on that yeah, team. And he did. I don't think he's necessarily just a flash in the pan. I think that Rasul Douglas, I think they found something in those guys and they just needed an opportunity to actually play consistently. It's kind of like with Keston here on the Brewers. You know, they don't have a, he doesn't have a consistent playing time you, know, you can't really fault the guy for playing like toilet when he does get a chance because it's like, well, you're not giving him an opportunity. You put it in the garbage guys most of the time, and you don't give this guy yeah. a chance. So, yeah. Corey, we'll see what happens on Bakhtiari, but more uh, what do they say? More will be revealed, you know. Yeah, and we all kind of want answers now, and <laughs> I and I, I'm most wondering if they just don't have answers and they're just like as freaked out as we are, or they don't even know what the hell's going or on. Or they have all the answers, they just not saying anything. That's what I, mean, I kind of think. Or or yeah, oh, they're just like waiting the and aliens. seeing. Just wait and see. Like with aliens, basically, evil. Like they know what's going no, on. No, yeah, they totally. Totally, totally. You know? Corey, exactly. You're the man, brother. That's all I got. See you, homie. Take it easy, guys. See you, buddy. The Milwaukee Booers. The month of June has not been kind to them. They stink. Three hits last night against the New York Mets. Three hits. Rowdy, the Atlanta Braves, check this out. The Atlanta Braves have hit 32 home runs during their 13-game win streak. That is the third most home runs in any streak of any length in Major League Baseball history, trailing only Cleveland, who did it in 2017 with 40 home runs in a 22-game streak, and the St. Louis Cardinals, 
34 home runs during a 17-game win streak in 2021. You have the Brewers who can't even get like a run, and then you have the Braves who just hit 32 home runs in a 13-game win streak. What is with Major League Baseball? The haves and the have-nots of home runs? And the Brewers seem like they're relying on them more and more, and they're not getting them. No. I mean, you look at the Brewers. Now, I did hear some news yesterday uh, yesterday afternoon slash night that it sounds like Colton Wong will be activated off the IL for the weekend series. So he will spend the minimum amount of time on the IL, which that is at least good news. There was news, like we mentioned earlier in the show, that Brandon Woodruff was able to throw like a bullpen through some fastballs, was able to throw a few breaking pitches, felt a little better. Yeah, comes it a little better. That still doesn't, I guess that's trending in the right direction. That doesn't give me a ton of confidence. Like, hey, Woody's going to be back in two weeks. <laughs> but I guess it's it's some good news. Freddie Peralta, we really, that not that like the one where yeah, it's they tough. haven't hardly said anything about it. It was council came out right away and was like, it's a significant injury. He's going to be out for a while, but yeah. we expect him back. Yeah. And then you have the Gustaves and the cousins and some of those other relief pitchers. Trevor got sounds like all of them should hopefully be back in the next two plus weeks. Fingers crossed. But yeah, there's there's on the injury front there's a little bit of uh I guess you would say positive news, yeah. but not necessarily the positive news you were hoping to hear. But then how about for guys that you have gotten back? Willie Adamas hasn't played that well offensively since he's come back. Hunter Renfro outside of I think one home run has been pretty poor since he's come back and he was arguably the hottest hitter uh, when he went on the IL with that hamstring. Yeah. And then you look around the diamond and you go, well, Luis Arias was supposed to be a guy that you were hoping could duplicate his 20 plus home runs, his 50 to 60 RBIs and his uh, solid play at third base, missed the entire first month and then played really well for about the next month. And now the last three weeks has played pretty horribly. Uh, yeah. Hey, let me ask you this, though, uh, on the home run front. Where do you think the Brewers stack up for home runs hit this season? Well, they were really high up there not too long ago, but they have been in a dreaded tailspin the last two weeks. So I think they were in the top five two weeks ago. I'm going to say they probably sit like eighth. Believe it or not, and I had to double check this and recheck it because I couldn't believe it. The Milwaukee Brewers are third in Major League Baseball with 80 home runs. The Yankees are number one of 98. The Braves, who we were just talking about, 94. The Brewers are 80. They're tied with the Phillies. Man, they really haven't fallen off at all then in these uh, last couple yeah. of weeks where they haven't been able to score many runs, and it's not like they're clubbing a ton of home I, runs. It's crazy. I mean, you, thinking about the Brewers, I feel like they would have been like just abysmal, but that's just how bad the stretch has been. The Strohs and the Angels are tied at 78 apiece at fifth. Uh, the Rangers sit at uh, 77 at 7. Blue Jays are 8th of 75. The Twins have 74 at 9. And rounding out the top 10 is the Arizona Diamondbacks at 73. If you want to know who's the worst at hitting it, the 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 long ball, the Detroit Tigers only have 31 home runs. Well, the season. Detroit Tigers they are stink. poor. They, yeah. I mean, you have an aging Miggy Cabrera who's on on his way out pretty soon. You have Javi Baez, who hasn't been able to stay healthy. And outside of that, you have a bunch of 
has beens or prospects. And never was. Exactly. Yeah. I mean that that team was going to be tougher this year. And you also have to remember they lost some of their young pitchers due to elbow issues. And that that kills them as well. Yeah. I can't believe the Brewers are tied for third with eighty home runs. It just feels like they would be ugh. I know they were like on I'd a love to for see where they're at for strikeouts. Uh, I can try and find <laughs> that pretty, for you. <laughs> but they're pretty high on that list as well. Uh, I'll try and find that uh, coming up. Uh, in the meantime, lo- oh, 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 oh. Uh, I want to play this comment from Craig Council again. Gregory Council on the home run ball or just the Brewers offense in general. Take a listen to Gregory. Yeah, I mean, I think we got to do better. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, we've, we've got to do a little better. You know, obviously getting shut out, that's never going to work. But I think um, I think we can be better. I think we will be better. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, this is this is the story. And we just, there, there's some signs of some guys. Tonight it was kind of shut down. But, you know, obviously we got to we got to put more good swings on balls. Got to put more pressure on the pitching. Got to got to hit more home runs. Um, all, all of the above. Got to get on base a little more. And uh, otherwise, it's you know, kind of waiting for that. That just hoping for that home run or that two out hit is you know is, is going to be challenging. Most of the Brewers have uh, been striking out a lot because they can't score any runs. So Rowdy, I found it. The where do you think the Milwaukee Brewers are uh, when it comes to the thirty teams in Major League Baseball or strikeouts? Uh, I'll go with seventh. Ooh. Actually, the Phillies are seventh at 542. The Brewers are sixth. Well done, Rowdy. 553 strikeouts for the Milwaukee Brewers. Good for sixth in the league. The Pirates are fifth. The Orioles are fourth. The Diamondbacks third. The Angels second and number one in the league for strikeouts at 595. The Atlanta Braves. See, I just, I'm looking at some of these expanded numbers for the Milwaukee Brewers, and I almost don't believe it. Like, you talk about how you almost didn't believe that they had 80 home runs this season, yeah. which was still third, third, third in Major League Baseball, even though they've been on such a bad stretch. Yeah. Same thing with, doesn't it feel like any time the Brewers have put anybody on base the last couple of weeks, it's like double play or they'll figure out a way not to score? Yeah, always. I I went to... MLB.com, and I'm looking at the some of these statistics, and you talk about grounding into double plays. Well, the Brewers are 11th when it comes to grounding into double they plays. Did it twice last night. 45 times this year. Wow. Leader is the Washington Nationals at 57. The low is the Texas Rangers at 25. Man. God. Now, where are the Brewers at for RBIs here? Uh, 16th in the league for ribbies. 259 Mets number one 305 I mean look at some of these stats rowdy and it's like almost like how 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 are the how are the Brewers up there in some of them because it looks so bad oh here's another one normally when you you put balls in play uh they have a statistic where it's if you put a ball in play your batting average when you do that so it basically taking out all the strikeouts yeah and clearly the Brewers strike out a lot. They were sixth. Yep. Well, if you look at their batting average for balls in play, it's 27th. <laughs> They're batting 272 when they put the ball in play. So not only are they striking out a ton, but a lot of times when they do hit the baseball, I'm going to say based on these numbers, it's right at somebody Yeah. and or They've been pretty unlucky, and someone makes a nice play. Man, this- a lot, of, a lot of bad luck for the Milwaukee Brewers. Whether it be, uh, ba- whether it be the injuries, yeah, it's the injuries between basically both the hitters and pitchers. Whether that comes to 
uh, batting balls in play and, and their lack of an average, because it is way down compared to the average. It's not the good. average baseball team for balls batted in play is 291 this year. The Brewers are at 272. God. They are fourth to last. Man. The only, the only teams that are worse are not playoff teams. I mean, that's like the, the glaring thing, right? Because the Brewers were leading the NL Central another two and a half games uh, behind the Cardinals for first place, and now you got to ask yourself, are the Brewers our playoff team? Right now, would you say the Brewers are a playoff team already? Right now. Right now, no. I mean, cl- clearly the Cardinals are hotter than them. They're getting healthier than the Brewers are. And this is a Cardinals organization that you always know is there. They're always there. Yeah, there's no matter there is no rebuilds in St. Louis. They're always good. They always will be able to bring up some guy, even when you have a, a decently big name player go down. They'll pull up a guy or two from AAA, and one of them will find a way to contribute. It always happens every single year. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the Brewers, uh, looking at five thirty-eight right now, they're up as high as a seven percent chance of winning the uh, World Series. They're now down to a three percent. Yes. Well, the other thing with the Cardinals is, and yesterday they had an eighty-eight record, uh, another eighty-seven. The other thing with the Cardinals is when you talk about having to have big-time players, and I think it was someone called in earlier today. I don't remember who it was, but they said, "What about like all these?" these stars that the Brewers were supposed to have. Like they don't have a star on the team. Like Christian Yelich isn't playing like an all-star. He's not even anywhere close to an MVP. Mm-hmm. No one else on this roster currently is playing close to an all-star level. Maybe you could have, maybe you could have argued Hunter Renfro if he would have continued to play the last three weeks and stay at that clip. But I doubt it. Yeah. You look at the, the pitching rotation. Some of your all-stars are down. It's Josh Hader. It's Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns hasn't thrown the ball that well. His last few times out when he has thrown the ball. Well, they don't score for him. Nope. So yeah, there's not a ton of star power currently on the team. Well, the Cardinals have star power right now. Paul Goldschmidt was one of the dark horses to win MVP right now. He went on a stretch where everything he hit was like a home run or a double. It's tough titties right now for the Milwaukee Brewers. Line one, good morning. Who's this? Got your Maytag man. Zach, what's up, brother? What's going on? What's happening? What's good? Speaking of the Cardinals, did you guys see that... uh, Two outs, bases loaded oh, yeah. yesterday, and the and the runner instead of sliding into second, ran through second base as to not slow down his momentum. Was called safe just to get the extra run home and saw, not end the inning. I saw that uh, go viral on the Twitter sphere. Look, that that is like some three D chess stuff going on there, guys. I mean, they they are playing at such an unbelievably high level right now, and. And they're playing team baseball. Yeah, yeah and, and that's and that's the thing. They're 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 doing really well with pitching. They're doing really well with hitting. They're they're a complete team right now. And maybe that's because of the competition that they're playing. I don't know, but they're the hottest team in baseball. Maybe other than the Twins. Well, Zach, and, you... and, and the Twins have been playing really well too. I don't know if you guys have been seeing that. Oh yeah, they've been, I've been looking at the standings. Absolutely, they've been. Absolutely on fire here. Zach, you've been, in, they've been they've been great. You've been in group projects, whether it was in school or at work, where you had to work with multiple people, and every single time you do a group project, you have that at least that one person that does absolutely nothing 
and then gets the same grade as everyone else, and you always have the other person that's trying super, super hard. That is oh, like yeah. the that is right now the Milwaukee Brewers are your normal group project. You got some guys that are trying really hard. You got other people that are kind of with it at some points when they're checking in. And then you have people that are, are not even in the same universe as the rest of the group. And that's like guys like Lorenzo Cain right now. That's like certain players are not anywhere near what you expect that they would be. Yeah. 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 There's a real drop-off right now as far as quality of talent right now for the Brewers. I mean, fortunately, they have guys like Hunter Renfro who have been playing well beyond their expectations. Would you say that, Rowley? Would you say Hunter Renfro is playing well beyond his expectations this year? I I would say before the injury he was, but since the injury where he's kind of fallen off, he's, he's about what he would normally do. But you look at the Cardinals, everyone on their team, they, they're not carrying dead weight at any position. They have solid players pretty much everywhere. Yeah. They they don't have poor players where it's like, oh, this guy's getting out when he comes up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, a, it's like a Lorenzo Cain. Right. Yeah, that, that's the big thing with the Cardinals right now, and that's why they're they're on such an incredibly hot streak. And I, I hope the Brewers can come through and, and start doing it. But, man, the, the pitching has really fallen off lately for the Brewers. Oh, I mean, the injuries. They, yeah, I know there's a lot of injuries, but even when there's... We have know, a guy named Jason Alexander who's claimed the famous series in the name of George Costanza. Like, <laughs> well, Jason Alexander's probably, right now, I mean, he hasn't lost the game. Right, he's he's zero and zero in three appearances. He hasn't lost. He hasn't been the reason they've lost the game. I mean, unfortunately, you have guys right now that have that are starting pitchers that are supposed to be dominant pitchers that are losing games and they're getting shelled. They're yeah. getting shellacked. Shellac. Good and word, by a, the way. Shellac. That's a huge problem right now, especially when you have Corbin Burns. What his last appearance, he gave up six runs. Yeah, he's on the bump tonight. We'll see what happens. So I, I'm hoping that Burns can shake this off and and only give up a run or two but i mean hell even with the way the bats have been playing a run or two probably isn't going to be enough uh you know support yeah may take man always a pleasure to hear from you brother love you guys we'll see you. i know we're up against the break but real quick you look at the cardinals ebo first base paul goldschmidt clearly better than anyone the brewers have oh yeah you look at second base with either uh edmund or donovan donovan's the younger player because edmund's been on the shelf Right now, with how Colton Wong has played, how poorly he's played this year, probably take those two combined. Shortstop, Willie Adamas, when healthy, you're going to take just because uh, Edmund Souza is a younger player. But third base, I think everyone's going to take Nolan Arenado over Luis Arias. Yeah. Catcher, I know Yachty's getting older, but it's, it's not like the Brewers catchers have just completely blown everything out of the water. I'd say that's probably about a net net neutral. But then you just clearly look at their outfield. You have Carlson in the outfield. You have Bader in the outfield. You have Tyler O'Neill. I know he started out really poor, but he's come on lately since uh, getting the shot in his elbow. <laughs> Pretty much if you have a decent player out there in center field, I'll take them over <laughs> Lorenzo Kane any day. Yelich has been playing relatively poor for Christian Yelich's past. And Hunter Enfro was on the shelf, and since he's gotten off of it, I think he's hit like one home run, and that's about it. 